listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, a.k.a. FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church and is the savior of the body. I mean, at this point, if you are, in the, if you are getting married and you are sitting, sitting there and the pastor um, says these two verses, and you just shout, tell her. I mean, I'm the head. Let her know. Yeah. Especially the submission part. I, I don't know what, what, what it is with African men in submission. And like, tell, let, him, let her know. <laughs> right? Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. In what? Everything. Husbands. Husbands are in the house. Men, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Verse 27, that he might pre- present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Right. Verse 32. Let me jump to verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Right. Are you in the house? So a man as a husband. Men, are you in the house? Even if you are not married, this also goes to you. Because a kingdom marriage is... The foundation of every kingdom marriage is a kingdom relationship. And the things that you are supposed to do when you get married, some of the things, relationships are a rehearsal ground for that. There's no anointing that comes upon you during the marriage ceremony that makes you a good husband. The character you form throughout your life is what is going to show. In fact, marriage is going to reveal to you who you really are. But when I got married, I never knew I was a very selfish person until I got married. When I got married, it exposed me flat. Yeah, it showed. <laughs> it showed that I want my way and I want, th- I want to be comfortable. I'm in the house. So this scripture is not just for wedding ceremonies, but it's for every, every day of your marital life. Husbands have a great role to play when it comes to marriage. Oh, I'm in the house. Yeah. We have a great role to play. From the scripture, we can see that God has given us, as men, the leadership of our homes yeah, and our marriages. Now, if we say we are the leaders of the home, it doesn't mean that we've been called to go and be bosses. God brings leadership to ensure that there's order. Oh, are you in the house? God brings leadership to ensure that there's what? Order. The leadership role of women doesn't mean that we, the, the leadership role of men doesn't mean that women are inferior. It doesn't mean that at all. In fact, Pastor Oz's mom is in the house. Let's put our hands together for her. Sister Esther is also in the house. Afis mom. All right. Please, you are welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Right. So women have been called to help men. Women are helpers. So women have been called to also help men to lead. Women are in the house. Yeah, so you don't also leave leadership just to us because you say, oh, we are the leaders of the home. No, 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 no. Christ is the ultimate leader. We are all following him. Now, if men are saying we are leaders, we have a great leader. He's our ultimate leader, a servant leader like Jesus. We are supposed to follow him. We've not been called to go and be bosses in our houses. 
We've not been called to go and say to one, go, and he goes. Another one, come, and the person comes. No, we've been called to live like Jesus. Are you in the house? Yeah. So in Ephesians 5, we see a great calling, great responsibility that has been given to men. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Johnny, please help me. Please help me on the keyboard. Thank you. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. So we've been given a standard when it comes to our relationship with our wives. The standard is Jesus. Hollywood is not the standard. Facebook is not the standard. The standard is how Christ loved the church. So we must be able to look at how Christ loved the church and love our wives in the same way. At this point, the men are quiet. When it came to submit, we were excited. Hey, submit. This is not a suggestion that God has given to the church. It's a command that has been given to us men that we are supposed to love. There's a standard. We are supposed to love the women as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? A sacrificial kind of love. Agape kind of love. Oh, what is agape? It is the love that thinks about the other person more. Hmm. This is unconditional love. And that's the love we are supposed to love our wives with. It's the love that covers the sin and the, the flaws of the woman. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. Men, we are supposed to cover the weaknesses of our wives. This, we are not talking about feelings here. Feelings are for boys. Agape is for men. Hmm. <laughs> are you with me? Yeah. Do you know what agape looks like? Agape looks like loving the woman. Even when you know you can be taken advantage of. That's agape. Agape loves the undeserving. Agape has to do with self-denial for the sake of the other person. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us so much about agape. And those who were here during the um, inauguration, you remember Pastor, um, Pastor Banks was sharing with us the patience and the kindness of love. How do you measure love? You measure it by your patience and your kindness. Some men are only patient until they get married. They are patient until the woman says yes to them. Once they get married, patience vanishes. Some men are kind until they get married. So they are there for the women. They do anything for them. Oh, don't walk. I'll come and pick you. Oh, you don't have to do it. I'll come, I'll come myself. I don't want you. You are my queen. I don't want you to suffer so much. Oh, are you in the house? I don't want you to go through the pain. Oh, don't come to the junction. Stand right in your house. When I get there, I'll pick you up. Yeah. A woman will tell a, a, a guy, a, a lady will tell a guy, my house is foul. He said, don't worry, there's nowhere far on this earth. Oh, if Jesus came from heaven to earth, then there's nowhere far for me. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agape goes beyond the charm and the butterflies in the tummy. Agape is true love. It's sacrificial love. It's laying your life down because that's how Christ did for us. He laid his life down for us. So you must also lay down our lives for the women. That's what agape looks like. Yeah. Most guys will say, I'll die for you. But when the time comes to really die, oh man, I'm in the house. Today I came for you. <laughs> That's how come today men can easily make a covenant in church. I miss the applause of family and friends. Remember when the covenant is, when the guy said, I take the eye, then we are saying, but the marriage covenant is supposed to be lived beyond the wedding ceremony. 
the things we say now even in our churches most of us we don't, they don't we don't even go with the old um, uh, vows they ask the men to write your own vows so sometimes it takes two days for a man to write his own vows but it goes beyond the vows it looks like doing the dishes when the woman is tired it looks like cooking when she's tired it looks like helping out with the laundry it looks like taking the rubbish outside that's agape it looks like taking care of the children when this woman is obviously tired it looks like supporting her women I need you to tell me preach at this point <laughs> and I don't know why all of you have gone to sit at one side <laughs> oh are you in the house yeah men let's remember the vows we made to our women in church and let's not forget it we are supposed to the, the, the vows are supposed to be lived every day you, you wake up remember the vow you made not just in the midst in the in the in the in the presence of your family but in the presence of god also oh are you in the house yeah let's rise up as men fam church men, men are you in the house let's be the kind of men that our daughters who want to marry they are looking, I want to marry a man who loves a woman like my father. That has a gapy like my father. That has, that has unconditional love like my father. Are you in the house? Yeah. Our sons should be, want to be like men who are like us. Our sons shouldn't look out and look at somebody on IG to say, I want to be like that man. No, they should say, I have a father at home who loves my mother and I want to be like this man. Ephesians 5, 1 to 2 tells us. How we should live. He says that we should walk in love. That's what Paul was saying. He said, walk in love. As imitators of God, walk in love. So the greatest way we can show that we are followers of God or we are imitating God is by agape. It's not by shouting, it's by agape. Jesus said, John 13, 34, 35. By this, uh, a new commandment I give you. He was talking about agape. That you love one another just as Christ loved the church. And this is the commandment. He said that this is the standard I've given to you. Love each other. He said, by this shall all men know you are my disciples. Are you in the house? Yeah. In a world where love has been reduced to only what I can get. Only when it's good for me. Only when it's convenient for me. Let's rise up as the men who really love our husbands. Are you with me? Yeah. There are men who love their family members more than their wives. Men who love our, our wives, sorry. There are men who love their family members. When I say love their husbands, I'm just wait, what is this going Yeah. There's no rainbow in this house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I in the house. Yeah. There are men who love their wives, their, their family members more than they love their. Don't do anything for their family members. They run when their family members call them, but they never take a step for their wives. When the charm is dead and gone, it is said that averagely, young men who are not married, can I talk to you? It is said that averagely, the charm that you have, the love feeling, stays for only two years. Averagely. After that, it has to be a... You see, agape is a choice. It's a decision. Agape is a matter of the will. You are making up your mind that I need to love my wife every day. Whether things are good, things are bad, you need to love her. That's a choice. The feeling will die. Are you in the house? So in the love, in the world where love has been reduced to what I can get when I when things are fine, let's rise up as men. Are we with me? Are we going to love our wives with agape? Okay, two. The role of men. Two. Men are supposed to be priests in their homes. 
A man is the we are standing that a man is the head of the home, the leadership role given to men. A man is also the spiritual head of his home. Somebody who knows and practices God's presence. Knows God's presence and voice. Our success in life as even individuals is dependent solely on we following the voice of God. So you can imagine your family. It's also dependent on that. When God called Israel out of Egypt, He said their success and their ability to move into their promised land was dependent on they following the voice of God. So your family as men, your family will be that kind of kingdom family if you also follow the voice of God. And the man has to be the one who knows how to hear God's voice and also tell his family what God is saying. Aside that, also teach his family how to practice God's presence. Yeah. Hmm. God told Israel, if you follow my voice, you have rest. If you follow my voice, you have wellness in this life. Psalm 95, 7 to 11 tells us about God saying that Israel did not have rest because they never followed his voice. Your family will have rest when you follow God's voice. Oh, are you in the house? It will be well with your family if you just follow the voice. So that's why you need, you need to hear God's voice. You don't need to follow what's trending, please. What's trending might not necessarily be God's will for your life. Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man. But it's end of the end of this road is a waste of death. Ish. Oh, are you in the house at all? Are you sure you are here? Yeah, so we need to follow. Let's look at the life of Jesus. Jesus said in John 8 29, He said, My Father who sent me is always with me because I always do the things that please Him. How did He know what pleases the Father? Because He kept hearing a voice. Kept hearing. So He was doing the things that please His Father. If you want your family to please the Lord, then you must keep hearing what the Lord wants you to do. John 5 17. He said, My Father works, I work. John 5 19. He said, I cannot do anything to please myself. Everything I'm doing, I want to please the Father. Same. John 5 30. Same thing. Jesus was saying, I have a goal to please the Father. You can't please the Lord without hearing Him. Men, learn to practice God's presence. Learn to seek God's voice and face concerning every major decision in your house. Don't just take. Be somebody who prays about things. Before you take a decision and your wife say that, let's pray about it. Let's seek God. Okay, tell your wife, I am going to seek God. Your children should grow up hearing and seeing you as a man that seeks God when it comes to major decisions. And by the time you realize, they are also doing the same. Because children learn from us. From, they learn from what we do more than what we see. Did you get that? Children will learn from what you do more than what you see. Don't believe what you do because they say that what you do works more than what you are saying. Are you in the house? Yeah. As priests, we must learn to disciple our homes. Don't leave discipleship to the pastor or Sunday school teacher. Hmm. Genesis 18, 19. This is a story and an account of when God was going to destroy Sodom. And he, he, he visited Abraham and he was leaving Abraham. He said, hey, I can't hide this thing I'm going to do from Abraham. Let's read together. He said, Abraham is somebody who commands his whole house. Let's read it. Genesis 18, 19.
So he says, for I have known him. This is God talking. He says, I have known him, Abraham. In order that he may command his children and his household after him. That they may keep their way of the Lord. To do righteousness and justice. That the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. He says, I know Abraham. He will command not just himself. His whole house to do righteousness and justice. That's a father. Commanding your, all, your, your whole house. Leading them. Making them. People who follow the Lord. To do righteousness. There are many men today who, when you go to them, you ask them, this, oh, why ask for some mommy? They don't know the thing in the Bible. They don't know what's written in the Bible. Ladies who are single, let me give you an advice. Before you make a decision, one of the things you should be looking out for is whether this man knows the word of God. Because he is going to be your priest before your pastor. You see, today, we have put some pressure on pastors that pastors are not supposed to carry. The first place of training and discipleship is not the church, it's the home. Men are supposed to disciple their children to look like Jesus Christ. Men are supposed to teach their children the word of God. So that what they come and receive in church is a top-up of what they've already heard at home. So already the foundation has been laid at home. But today's generation has left the laying of the foundation to the pastor who is out there. That is not the goal of the pastor. That's why we are stressing pastors out. That's why we are letting pastors do things that God hasn't called them to do. Because discipleship starts from the home. He says that Abraham, look, Abraham in the Old Testament, he said that I know him, you command his home. What about us where Bible says that you have an anointing that you don't need any, you don't, you don't need anyone to teach you. You have the Holy Spirit, you have an anointing on, upon your life. Man, are you in the house? An anointing to raise your children. An anointing to teach them the ways of the Lord. Bible says that train up your child the way he should go. It's not, it's not a call to pastors. It's a call to the fathers. The way a child has to go doesn't rest upon the pastor, but upon the man at home. So that when he goes, when he grows, he will not depart from it. Yeah. That's how we have so much mess. That's why all pastors are doing now is to mend issues that could have been resolved long ago. Or issues that wouldn't have happened if men just took their place. Men, we need to take our place as priests. Look, look for the nearest man and say, you need to take your place as a priest. Oh, shake another man and say, you need to take your place as a priest. Yeah. Are you in the house? As I said, by training, we mean discipleship. When we give our children the right training at home, they will not believe the lie that is out there. When you give them the foundation of the truth at home, don't believe the lie and the deception that is out there. Because they know. They already know. They'll compare what you are saying to the truth they've received and believed. They say, that, no, I take this out. Yeah. Can you imagine in America, now in many schools, they say there's no prayer in school. Yeah. When school used to be the only place where some people, some children were praying. And now they've taken it away. But if you raise your child to learn how to pray, if you are praying with your family, men, when you tell them not to pray at school, they don't care. It doesn't move them. Because much prayer is at home. Oh, are you in the house? Much prayer is at home. We need to begin to train our children. Pastor said last week that we give the, the devil a place in our homes when we neglect the word of God. Sometimes not a witch, it's just a neglect of the word of God. It's not a witch that is, it's just we've just neglected what the word is saying. It's not a witch that is doing anybody. Sometimes. 
I believe in, 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 in demonic influence. But some, you see, one day the devil will say that oh, sometimes he wasn't the one. Like it's, 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 it's not, it wasn't me. <laughs> it's, I in the house. We must value. Your home must be a, a word-based home. Yeah, we must give. We should esteem. We should value the word of God in our homes. Highly esteem. Yeah. When a conversation is going between husband and wife, along the line, we should hear something about the scripture. What does the scripture say? Your wife comes to ask you, what do you do? You say, okay, according to the scripture, this. But if all you are saying is that I saw this one doing, this celebrity, this celebrity said this, hey, we can show you where we are going to. You see, Bible says the word of God is tried and is tested. The word of a celebrity has not been tried and is not tested. It might have worked for him, it might have worked for her, but it's not tried. But the word of God has been tried. It has been tested. And the end result is that the word works. Ah, I'm in the house. So when you depend on the word, and when you use the word in your home, it will work for you. I said it will work for you. Hallelujah. Yeah, so the, the word must be held in high esteem. A home where the Bible is read often. I was listening to Derek Prince. How he and his wife, they read the Bible often. Yeah. I know some people, while they are single, they, they say, well, we pray together. We read the Bible together. But you see that when they marry, they stop. We have prayer times. Oh, me and my boyfriend, we pray around this time. Oh, me and my boyfriend, we are doing the same devotion. But I realize that they, they, don't, they don't do it at a particular time. When the kid starts coming in and their responsibility is a lot. But you must not use our work and the responsibility of life to neglect what works. We must not neglect the word of God at the expense of making money. Do you know you can build a great house, a great mansion, everything beautiful and still have broken sons living in the mansion? You can, have, you can take your children to Dubai every weekend. Or not every weekend. Every six months for a holiday. You can go to everywhere for a holiday, but you can carry broken children. Who said broken kids cannot be on a plane? Taking children on a vacation doesn't, it doesn't heal them. But the word of God. Ish. Bible says the entrance of God's word. It brings light. And it gives understanding. Anytime you are bring, introducing the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 130 says light is coming. So anytime you bring the word of God into your home. A certain element of light is coming into your lives. And the life of your children. And guess what? Darkness is going away. Yeah. Darkness will lose its stronghold in our homes if we just introduce the light of God's word. Deuteronomy 6. I realize I have not quoted verses. Let me quote a few before. <laughs> Alright. Verse 3. Deuteronomy 6. Therefore hear, O Israel, be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you. A land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words, listen, oh, these words which I command you today shall be in your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children. This is not Moses going to teach his children, or oh, every man in Israel. Every man of God's people was supposed to teach his children <laughs> diligently. 
and where am I? And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. So you don't just watch Netflix together. You shall talk of God's way when you sit together. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, meaning that every time of your life you should be guarded and guided by the word of God. Your children should be hearing the word of God even while you are in the car going to drop them at school. You leave a scripture with them while you are going to drop them at school. You tell them, honey, this is a scripture as you go throughout the day. And a kid takes the scripture and is going throughout the day. You give your scripture, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving in your hearts, you should make your request known unto the Lord. And the child enters the school. And there's just some confusion in school. But the child has this word, that be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Guess what you do? The child will go back to the way. Because it's in her heart. It was given to her by her dad. Before she came to school. Hmm. He says, shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house. And on your gates. <laughs> Hallelujah. Every area of your, your home. The word must be there. The word of God. It must guard and guide our lives and that of our families. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Yeah. And men, you cannot give what you don't have. If you don't study the word of God, you can't give it to your children. Yeah. What we see is many men who don't have the word of God attempting to teach their children. You need a word. If what you don't have, you can't give to anybody. So as you are single, one of the things you should be doing is be some, a young man of the way. As you are building your body, build up yourself, your most holy faith. Yeah, don't just get the muscles, get the word of God. Are you in the house? You cannot have a godly home without teaching the word of God. You can never have a godly home. And I think a priest does, which is the second role, is that a priest prays for the family. I'm sure another day will handle that. But I'm looking at the final thing, my time is almost up. A man as a father. A father is a responsibility and not a title. A father is not just somebody who can produce children. Because a father is both a source and a sustainer. Are you in the house? Fatherhood is a great responsibility. Single men, start learning how to be responsible to you. Learn to be responsible with the little that has been entrusted in your hands today. Johnny, come down a little for me. Yeah. Fatherhood is a great responsibility. Let me show you one of the responsibilities of a father. A father is a role model at home. You are supposed to be a role model for your children. Your children should grow up wanting to become like you. Don't just be a model. Be a role model. Hallelujah. Don't just be a what? Yeah. Be a role model that your children should look up to you. As I told you earlier, our children will learn from us from what they see us do more than what they hear us say. If you tell your children, pray, oh, pray, this life is some way, and you are not praying with them, don't pray. Hmm. There are some fathers who go and drop their children at church and go back home. Recently, I think I was, I don't know if I was with you, I was going somewhere, we're going to, I think we're going to church, and I saw a, a, a family, there's a football park in my area, 
So you see that the, the, the husband, the wife, and the kids, they came to drop the man on the football park and they drove to church. Now, this, <laughs> these children will keep following the Lord because it's as though they are being forced. But they did have a say, don't follow the Lord. Because they'll, they'll, they'll say that, ah, my father played football on Sunday night. What's the, what's the need? Yeah. My father played football and still has money. Yeah. I can have money. <laughs> yeah. I can have money. I, I can take care of my children without being in a church family. Yeah. Sisters, don't just fall for a guy because that's the last, it looks like your last hope. Young ladies are in the house. Hey, at this point, you are not supporting me. Yeah. Single ladies, single women are in the house. Don't compromise if it's not somebody who loves the house of God. Yeah. The psalmist said, a day in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. He said, I'll rather be a doorkeeper in your house than to dwell amongst the tent of wickedness. It's, it's as though I want to be a watchman in your house than to be in the, in the middle, the organizer of wickedness. Yeah. A man who doesn't love God's presence, who doesn't love church today, a man you are dragging to church, one day will run out. Yeah. Moreau said, you see women, women who are supposed to be in the garden, who are supposed to find their husbands in the garden, go out of the garden, God's presence, and they are pulling a guy. Tell him, have your quiet time. You have to have your quiet time or send me your quiet time. Pulling, pulling this, this man to the house. He's also not willing. You see that he's, there's, not, there's nothing about surrender even in his heart. He's doing it because of you. One day when he has won your heart, he's going to stop. Because he never had any conviction. Fathers are role models. Are you with me? Yeah. And this is also to single ladies. Today I'm talking to everybody before we leave here. If you are dating a guy and keeps telling you how the father has beaten the mother, um, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe Pastor Odu help us. But it's, it's a very wrong place to be in. Because he sees something that can enter his heart. Even he can be speaking in tongues, but he has lived with this man. One day it's possible he put the tongues aside and beat you up. These are clear signs. So don't look for a man who <laughs> check the father, check the relationship, what who the father is, because he's a role model. Men, let's be role model. Let our children grow up wanting to become like us in all aspects. They shouldn't look at the world. They should, they should say, I have a father at home. I want to be like him. Another thing about a father is that a father accommodates and loves his family. We must learn to accommodate our family and not tolerate them. Meaning, we should have a big heart for everybody. Hmm. We must be there for our children. We must not be absentee fathers. Yeah. Time is one of the greatest resources, one of the best gifts you can give to your children. Spending time with them. As I said, we must not fall prey to chasing money at the neglect of spending time with our family. There are men who watch all the soccer matches and never spend time with their children. They know what is happening in a club more than what is happening in the life of their children. Don't be that kind of man. Yeah. Spend time. When you spend time with your children, you know what they are going through. Learn to build relationships with your children. In doing youth work for some time, I realized that many people who struggled, especially with addictions, were people who never had their fathers around. 
Ladies who fell prey to any kind of man are ladies who never had a father there for them. If we are there for them, they will not believe in another man's love. There are many men I can I can if I I don't want to I don't want to do a survey right now. But I can if I ask you how many men has your father never told you I love you before to surprise you? Never said I love you to their sons. So this guy will hear a lady tell him, I love you. And he feels this is the best thing that has happened to me in 2021. I in the house. Yeah. When we show them a certain kind of love, look, be with your kids. And don't think kids are too young to know. It is said that the first three years of a child's life are the most, some of the most critical years. He learned virtually everything. Yeah. So teach them what true love is. Be there for them. Spend time with them. I'm closing in the next two minutes. Are you with me? <laughs> Even those of us in ministry must not use the excuse of ministry not to be there for our families. Because there's a temptation to go and meet their needs and spend time with everybody outside. And our family is broken. Ministry is not an excuse to neglect your family. Ministry starts from home. Pay attention to your home. Listen to even the requirements of a, a, a bishop, a deacon. There are people who, could, who had a good rule at home. They went to the house to check. Their CV was from home, not from outside. Yeah. So let's spend time. Let's disciple our homes. We need to be deliberate about building relationships with our children. Pay attention to their interests. Many parents don't pay attention. Many fathers don't pay attention. Because they are children, by all means, you have to do this course. Hey, you have to, the medicine, they have to do medicine. You, can, hey, you have to be a doctor. I've told people that you are going to be a doctor. Yeah. There are fathers who are trying to please, their, all their goal is that they are trying to please their friends rather than developing the interest of their children. So instead of focusing on what is my child naturally good at? What is that gift God has? What has my child prayed to ask God for concerning the child's purpose? They rather go and say that, hey, all my friends, their children are doctors. They also be a doctor. No. Doctor Nidia, no. So they do everything just to say their children are lawyers, doctors. Are you with me? Let's learn to ask our children questions. Fathers don't ask their children any questions. How are you? Fine. Okay. See you in the evening. Bye. That's all. Do you have money for school? Have they given you lunch? Everything fine? Okay. No. There's no personal time. There's no time. You call them and sit at the table. One of the greatest times. Man, as you are going, your, your eating time at the table is one of the most precious times for you. It's a time where you shut down the world. Shut the world and stay. Stay. Some of the greatest miracles happen when the door has been shut. Yeah. One that we don't need that a multiplication. Say that shut that door and be in the house with your children. Yeah. Have a certain focus. Be with them. Spend time at the table. Some of us are tables at home right now are places where the sewing machine is kept. Dining table, sewing machine, this and that. They've heaped everything. There's no eating time. Yeah. Everybody goes for their food. To their room. To their room. You know, see any, there's no family time. And guess what? These children who have a family work out of home. Samaya and they are, they've gone for an outing with friends. And they are there three hours. Meanwhile, there's not even one minute with their family together. So eventually, it's their friends that will influence them, not their family. 
don't live by the values and the principles of their friends because that's what they've seen and heard and that's what they've been exposed to and the parents will rise up and we are shocked that our children have become bad children meanwhile you never raise them up with any principle the table time was a if you look at the jews eating time is one of the, their best times is their intimate the time when they catch up how was your day how was your day what were the challenges you faced during the day and that is when there's openness when I started going to my in-laws' home, one of my greatest, my difficulties was the time we had to eat together. Because I wasn't raised up at, with eating at the table. Yeah. We start eating in three minutes, I finished my food. And the first day I did that, eh, I, was very, I was very shy. Because it looked like I liked too much food. Yeah. They are not like that, oh. Eat a little, pause. Be eat some more. The one that even killed me is when they finished eating. They are not going anywhere. Me, when I finish eating, I can't stand the plate in front of me. The family can be there 30 minutes. I'm not talking about eating with just cutlery. Even if they've used their hands to eat, everybody's there. Chatting, talking. When I, when I take the last blow with my hand, my, my foot is going to wash my I can't just stand it. I can't. But I realize that it's a very good thing. Because the time when we get to know each other, it's intimate time. You see, eating time is when you can easily put your phone aside. So during that time, there's talking, there's bonding, and there's a certain kind of love. May we go back to the table times. Yeah. Look at Jesus. When Jesus even appeared to his disciples after resurrection, he went to the table. He said, bring fish. He was talking, let's set the table. Because there's intimacy. Not, let's not be in a hurry. Let's not look for the next miracle. Let's spend time. This miracle is also better. Yeah, that's why in, in, in farm, we've set tables out there. Yeah, and by God's grace, 50 years to come, if the Lord tarries, the table will still be set. Yeah, the table will still be set. Yeah. More tables. Yeah. When the Lord blesses us and we build a church auditorium, we're also going to build an eating area. Yeah, just food, seven, and we are here, we are eating together. Because the table time is a good time. Yeah, fathers, go back to the table time. Young men, start practicing it now so you'll not be shocked like me. Are you with me? So pay attention to the interest of your children. Let's not be absent, fathers. So in conclusion, let me close my book so that you believe me. I feel I preached for long. I feel I've been talking for long. Okay, so in conclusion, we've all known the, the roles of fathers. It's not, a, it's not an easy task. Yeah. Some of the most loneliest men in this world, Pastor, they always know they are fathers. Because they can't tell their problems. Everybody in the house comes to tell them their problems. But who do they talk to? So they absorb all people's problems and plus theirs. Sometimes, Men want to share with you what they are going through, but it's as though they feel they'll be vulnerable. Yeah. So men are going through a lot. To be, to, to be the one who is a priest at home, to be the one who is the, the father at home, to be the one who should love your wife like Christ loved the church, it's not an easy responsibility. We've not reached there. As I'm preaching, I think I'm very far from this. Just too far. But we need all of you as children and as wives to support us. Yeah. 
Women, pray for your man. One of the best gifts you can give to a man is to pray for him. Yeah. Pray for him. Pray that he'll do well. Sometimes instead of talking about what you expect so much from him, pray. Learn to shut the door and pray. Go on your knees for your man. And support him in prayer. Be that pillar that keeps your husband going. Be that woman who is praying. Pray. Look, I know many men who say they are successful in life, they point to their, their wives. Many men. Say, this woman, she prays for me. She prays for me. When things are hard, I can count on the prayers of But it's not every time that we as priests feel like praying as men. There are times you go through things we don't feel like praying too. Oh man, is it not true? Yeah. That even we who are pastors, do we, we are pastors full time. It's not every time. Don't, don't, be, don't think that when we wake up, like when we rise up from bed, like the presence, like it's like smoke all around the room and the Lord has appeared. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. There are many days we wake up and we feel God has just left us. In fact, one of the most frustrating times for men of God is right after preaching. It's as though God has just walked out of your room. I'm telling you the truth. It's as though God has just left you. Because you go and operate under a certain huge and strong anointing and you come back to your room and you see your manliness. You come back and you see your need. You come back and realize that the, the, the student school fees has not been paid. Anointing doesn't just pay fees. The reality of your life will meet you. So some men who are men of God are, are going through many things. So you need to be there for them. How do we honor fathers? How do we honor fathers? Let's embrace the vision of fathers. Let's help them push their vision. When your father's vision stands, you stand. You see, you see more clearly when you are following a vision. When you are standing. You know if you are standing on somebody's shoulders, you see further than you, you see when you are standing on the ground. Yeah. Some of you start discovering your purpose when you begin to hold on to the vision of our shepherd. Yeah. And in the house. So let's honor them by holding on to their vision. Yeah. Let's embrace the vision that God has given to our fathers. Pastor Rod, let's embrace the vision God has given to him. Are you with me? Yeah. Let's honor them by obeying them. One of the greatest ways to obey is to follow the teachings. Obedience, that it's not like we are commanding you, go here, come. We are talking about just follow the teachings. You see, we feel, okay, I can say this because I think, because I'm also a pastor. We feel more fulfilled when we see you doing the things we ask you to do. Like when we, when we talk, told you about being a priest, a husband, uh, a father, when we come to your home and realize you are doing it, there's a certain kind of satisfaction and fulfillment that comes to us. Because we, we see that you are doing the things you shared with you. Right. So let's obey the things, the teachings. Yeah. I know many people say, this is my father and we never obey the things he says. Yeah. God was telling his people, he said, if, if I'm a father, where's my honor? So your relationship with your shepherd, make sure you are honoring the person. Are you in the house? Sometimes being too close makes us not honor the people God has given to us as shepherds. So let's honor Pastor Some of us have been in CY for long, have known him for long days. We should still honor him. Are you with me? One of the ways we also honor is we honor with our substance. Yeah. 
Galatians 6, verse 6 and 7, says that the one who is communicated to should also communicate back with the one who communicates with him in all good things. Then the next verse says that whatsoever a man sows, he will reap. We usually use that whatsoever a man sows, you reap when somebody does something against you. Then we bring, we just lift that scripture up. Hey, this guy, what you are sowing, you reap. But if you take the context, he's talking about blessing your shepherd. Because when you sow into his life, you reap. Think about it. You are sowing, but you are reaping it. Yeah, you might have, you, you see, it's a principle that works even naturally. When you sow something, you reap what you are sowing. So you think that it's something you are giving to your shepherd. But if it, what you are doing, actually, you are giving to yourself. Are you with me? Yeah. Let's sow into Pastor Ross' life with our substance, material things. It's not the rich who give, it's the generous who give. Before you start thinking, when will I get money and buy a car for Pastor Ross? No. If you are generous with what God has given to you, one day God will give you a car to give. Bible says that God gives seed to the sower, not the one who decides, who desires to sow, but the one who is sowing. God will give him seed. I know many people say, God, give me one million dollars, I'll surprise you. Why? Are you sowing with the hundred Ghana God has given to you? God gives seed only to the sower. He's committed to giving seed only to the one who is sowing. Not the one who is believing to sow. Hallelujah. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.